Hi, Mike Gibson and Mark Benaka coming to you live from AHA 2017 here in Anaheim. Mark, you just presented the PAD, Perforatorial Disease Results from the Fourier study. Tell us a little bit about why you looked at the PAD population and what you found. Yeah, thank you. So Fourier was a big trial, over 27,000 patients uh, with MI stroke or PAD. Um, and so this was a sub-analysis looking at that subgroup with lower extremity symptomatic PAD. And we, we had about 3,700 patients and we did a sensitivity in patients that had no prior MI or stroke, but just PAD alone. And I think for clinicians, we're trying to understand in the clinic what's driving risk and benefit and how do I identify patients who are gonna have a greater benefit potentially for MACE reduction with therapies. But an important component of this population, as you, as you well know, is the lower extremity disease and major adverse limb events, things like amputations, acute limb ischemia. And so... And again, Mark, this was PAD alone, yeah. so this wasn't the polyvascular disease patient. This was the limited to the PAD. That's right. So yeah. the, the 3,700 patients is PAD, about half of which had prior MI, and then we look at 1,500 patients that have PAD only okay. to see if the results are consistent, whether it's the polyvascular disease that's driving the risk or the PAD. And how about cerebrovascular disease? Did some of them also have that? About 19% had a history of stroke, and we, we also in the 1500 excluded them. Oh, okay. So, so that, that is sort of, um, for lack of a better term, pure PAD, the 1500 sensitivity. PAD mono, and yeah. then you had polyvascular disease with one, two, and three beds. Involved. That's right. Okay, great. And what did you, what did you see? Well, I, you know, I think, um, you know, it probably wouldn't surprise you, but patients with PAD were higher risk. Even in the placebo arm, you adjust for baseline characteristics, they're about 80% increased risk of MACE. And we actually split them into the polyvascular patients and the PAD-only patients. And even if you had PAD-only, you are at significantly higher risk of MACE than patients with prior MI or stroke. Really? That's and, interesting. Um, you know, is that a little counterintuitive to you? Why is that the case? Yeah, I think that it is counterintuitive. You'd think a patient with prior MI would be at higher risk Just for, for an MI. For an MI, but actually, uh, you know, there was almost a fourfold rate of CV death, but higher ri rates of uh, MI and stroke. And I think PAD really is a, a very malignant form of atherosclerosis, and those patients are very high risk. Uh, just by nature of having disease in their legs. They probably have coronary disease that's subclinical, mm. um, and then they do have these events. And at two and a half years, uh, over 10% of them had an event versus about 7% of the patients with prior MI or stroke. Wow. And how did the results compare to the trial as a whole? Was there a positive interaction term such that the treatment effect in the PAD patients was stronger, or was it the same? Yeah, so the, the treatment effect for, for relative risk reduction was the same. The, the numbers were more robust in PAD, but there was no statistical interaction. And so so numerically, was, they were a little stronger, but didn't, yeah. didn't have a positive interaction term. Okay. Right, so, so a little bit stronger relative risk reduction, no, no interaction, but by nature of their higher risk overall, there was a much greater absolute risk reduction. And so when you look just at MACE and PAD, there was a three and a half percent absolute risk reduction at two and a half years versus uh, you know about a one and a half percent for patients without PAD. Yeah, I think you know people often say, well, there wasn't a positive interaction term, but I think you just highlighted what I always go back to, which is if you have a higher absolute risk reduction, you need to treat fewer people to see the benefit. And I think that's a legitimate way to look at some of these subgroups. Yeah, I think as yeah. clinicians, we're all struggling to figure out how to apply these therapies. <clears throat> you can't give everything to every patient, right. so where are you gonna get the greatest bang for your buck? For, you know? Right. 
Yeah. Uh, and obviously with this drug and this class of drugs, no harm. So all of that is all positive benefit. All positive benefit. And that was on the, on the MACE side. But one thing that was really novel in this analysis was uh, what happened in the lower extremities. Mm -hmm. um, so we looked at a composite outcome of major adverse limb events, which was a composite of acute limb ischemia, major amputations, or urgent revascularization for ischemia. And we saw uh, uh, about a 42% reduction in major adverse limb events overall in the study. And what's interesting is, you know, we didn't screen people for PAD. So you know that PAD is underdiagnosed. There are probably MI and stroke patients with it that didn't know they had it. And when you look at the effect for, for major adverse limb events, it's present in patients with known PAD, even in patients without known PAD. Hmm. Although the event rate's about ten, tenfold higher, obviously, in patients with known PAD. I see. Um, and when you look at patients with PAD only, there was about a 1.3% absolute risk reduction in major adverse limb events at, uh, at two and a half years. Wow. That's uh, how many people did you have to treat to prevent one major limb event? Yeah, that was around 70 or 80 just for the limbs. For but the if limbs. you put the two together <clears throat> in that PAD only population, not polyvasc, but no prior MI or stroke, you put the MACE or MALE, so that sort of continuum of, of outcomes for this population, there was a 6.3% absolute risk reduction wow. or number needed to treat of Only 16. 16. Yeah, at the two and a half years. Wow. Fascinating. Well, you know, these PAD sub-studies continue to show us how important this group of patients is, how many events they have, how high of a risk they are, and the kinds of benefits they can have both from disease-modifying agents as well as antithrombins. Yeah. Great work, Mark. And thanks to all of you for joining us here live from AHA 2017.